there's times where we may have to sit certain games out and ensure that there are different messengers to relay different messages. And, and I think what I'm really touching at here is this notion of power and the role of power within communications. That's the voice of Nimra Haroon, senior strategist at Mission Partners and my partner in the production of this podcast. I'm excited to start off this fourth season with her and then have her come on back at the end to talk about what we learned. Today, you'll hear us setting up some of the themes for the season ahead. Hi, and welcome to Mission Forward, a podcast that explores the power of communication to change the world. I'm Carrie Fox, your host and CEO of Mission Partners, a social impact communications firm and certified B Corporation. Over the season, we are taking you on a journey to meet 10 people who are influencing and shaping how we communicate for social change. We'll meet an incredible lineup of folks who are shaping and challenging that power of communication. We'll share lessons, stories, and insights from some of the brightest minds in marketing and design, plus a lot of tools to help you practically apply these lessons to your own communications work. So in today's episode, we start the conversation that sets up the season with a quick take at the themes ahead. Themes like the role of power in communication, what Nimra set up at the top for us, the role of the storyteller and the main character in how we interpret and understand the world around us. Themes like the role of communications to close gaps, especially across digital divides, and the need to explore some of the ways that we communicate by default, often through an ableist lens. What would happen if in every communication we developed, we asked, how accessible is my message? And in this season, we're going to take on that question. We're also going to look at themes like communications as a tool to advance social justice and how inherently the more inclusive the message, the more socially just. We'll touch on the importance of specificity in our words and our messages and that a lack of communication, especially in heightened moments, is still communication. So stay tuned for a special introductory conversation with Nimra Haroon of Mission Partners, and I'll see you on the other side. Every day, every industry, every relationship we have is all built on communications, and whether we are connecting across boundaries or deepening and widening the boundaries between us. And I am so glad to have this time and space first before we get into what I know will be 10 amazing conversations with folks across the season. We get to start and end with someone that I so admire and love working alongside. And that is our own Nimra Haroon, who is a senior strategist at Mission Partners, my partner on the podcast, and has for the last season been in a lot of ways behind the scenes helping to get all of the the episodes ready and now gets to be here and I get to learn from her to start the season. I will share that as we are recording this, Nimra is in New York at the Ad Color Conference where she has an incredible role she is playing and we'll learn a little more about that. But Nimra, thank you for taking some time out of what I know has been an incredibly hectic few days to get us started in a really intentional, smart way. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Carrie. I'm so, so delighted to be a part of this season and to just be in conversation with you. Um, it's 
the the topics that we're going to explore, the questions that we're going to ask, I know are so, so um, deeply important to both of us. And so I'm just happy to share this space with you and learn with you and alongside you and from our guests. Tell folks a little bit more about what brought you into the field of communications. What brought you along this journey? It's interesting because I, I, in some ways, I feel like I'm making a full circle back to it. Um, but I dabbled in several expressive hobbies, like cooking, arts and crafts, all of those things. So I considered careers in those directions. But one of the primary careers I always considered was counseling or therapy. And I thought about what it would mean to hear people's stories and to assist them and support them in ways that would help them continue to live their best lives, their best narratives. And at that point in college, I realized that my emotional threshold was not one to go into that field of social work or counseling or therapy or what have you. And so I got as close to it through different intersections, through nonprofit management, through sociology, and through communications. And I find myself coming back to, in so many ways, you could argue supporting people, helping people tell their narratives, just not in that direct one-to-one relationship. Um, but at the heart of it all was this desire to, to speak to people, to speak with people, and to speak alongside people. And communications is how um, I fell into that. I love that. Tell me what you're doing at Ad Color. So Ad Color for our listeners is a conference and an organization for creatives in the fields of marketing, media, tech, advertising, um, entertainment, what have you. And it's it's really for folks that are wanting to advance diversity, inclusion, and equity across these industries from an internal employees and retention standpoint, but also the the art, the entertainment, the media, the messages that we put out into the universe for people to consume. And so what does that look like? What is equity in, in these fields of expression and creativity look like? And so um, this year, after COVID-19 pandemic, they're having a hybrid option um, where they're having a small capacity gra- gathering in New York City and the rest of the country is tuning in virtually. And so the content has been so, so thought-provoking and I'm excited to share some of my findings. You and I have had some really thoughtful conversations around the role of communicators. And I really appreciated the way you started and how you think about communications and the role of the communicator as also in in a lot of ways as the the guide, you know, walking people and guiding people through the process of it's not just what you say, it's not just the words that you use, but it's how you say them. And it's what people hear and what people feel and what people experience as a result of the communications choices that you are making or that any one of us are making. As we think about heading into this season, thinking really deeply about how we as a society, as individuals communicate, with one another, among one another, even what platforms we do that on. There's a lot of really big questions around our traditional norms in communications, bringing us together or pushing us apart. I've got a few things that are on my mind, but I'm curious if there's any particular things that are on your mind that have um, maybe surfaced in these last few days at the conference or in conversations that we've had that you hope we dig into with some of our guests this season. 
really something that I've been thinking really deeply about specifically in the last few days while I've been attending the conference. But I think the work that you and I do with with our clients and, and our teams is the role that we individually play, um, not only in the message that we're relaying, but ourselves as the messenger. There's times where we may have to sit certain games out and ensure that there are different messengers to relay different messages. And, and I think what I'm really touching at here is this notion of power and the role of power within communications. Somebody is telling the story and there is a story being told, but every piece of that story from the narrator to the plot to the climax is so critically important. And I've been thinking of myself as a messenger and what role I play in the stories that I tell and the stories that I shouldn't be telling. Who, who are the story, who and what are the stories that actually will be harmful if I tell them versus somebody else? And so it's just relaying that notion of power and it's not something that's un, that you can't even deny it. We all hold it and we're going to hold it in different spaces. And it's, it's so critical for us to recognize, um, you know, the spaces in which we hold it and should apply it and the ones that we should probably hold back in, in spaces. That reminds me of um, conversations we've had before. We talk about the power of the pen and the person that holds the pen is the person that holds the power. We see this show up a lot with nonprofit organizations who are writing appeals and fundraising and using stories of uh, community members or beneficiaries or clients, whatever their their term of choice is there, which is fraught in itself. But they use those stories as fundraising mechanisms. And the challenges of, is the person at the center of that story, were they part of the story telling? Were they, start, were they part of reviewing the material before it went out? Were they compensated for telling that story? Or were they just used as the tool to fundraise? Nimrai, that sits with me really deeply because I think you're right. There's still a lot of organizations who aren't yet there in their journey to determine the power that a story can have, but also the harm that a story can have in how it is told. I think you're touching on so many things that we are actually schooled on when we're getting an education and communications, but something when you apply it in a practical way on the job it's it's such a slippery slope to go down because we we talk about sharing stories we talk about telling people's authentic selves but what is that line that we're toggling between exploitation versus appreciation or appropriation versus articulation and and it's just it's so true and it's something that you have to really consider are we talking about the subject or are we going to name the systems that perhaps put a certain subject in a in, in a realm of conditions that we may be hinting at and so I we talk about uh, person first language at mission at mission partners and ensuring that we're doing that with our clients but I really think about how in marketing and um, just the barrage of messages that we're inundated with on a daily occasion, how many people's stories and cultures are exploited on a daily basis. And it's, it's quite jarring. Well, I think that's a really important theme to be able to ask some folks about this season, the role of the storyteller and the role of the main character in the story and what we can learn from that. What, 
what new tools and practices we can apply to be our most inclusive marketer or inclusive storyteller, right? And that some of the the norms and practices that we were taught in school aren't necessarily the same ones we should be using moving forward. So I think that's going to be a, a really good theme to dig into. There's another theme that I would really like to dig into with our guests this season, and that's how we communicate across divides. And that's there's one divide that's very specifically on my mind. But if we think about how we communicate across culture, how we communicate across language barrier, but also how we communicate across digital platforms. And if we think about the world that we live in now, the vast majority of our communications between one another are on digital platforms. We spend much of our days, at least those of us in the communications industry, those of us who are listening probably are spending a good amount of time talking to their team members on Slack, on Teams, on email. In a lot of cases, we have not returned to work and may not be returning to a workplace where we are seeing one another and being in a physical space together. And so we are communicating digitally. And how much is lost in tone and in delivery when we are not literally in the same spaces with one another and how much more common it becomes for not just tone to be lost, but for the meaning or purpose or the intention of communication to be lost. And so I'm thinking about that a lot. If we, as we set out on this season, thinking about the role of communicators and communications to bridge gaps that we need to be thinking about how we communicate in different platforms and across generations, right? That, that there's a lot there that could either contribute to our ability to hear a message or prohibit or preclude us from hearing the message. I can't think about digital media and platforms and technology without thinking of how ableist some of these platforms are from an accessibility standpoint. And um, that's a topic that I know we've been exploring more at Mission Partners and something that I think in the realm of social justice movements, the movement around um, disability awareness and how ableist our society and our constructs and our infrastructure is, is something that we're very, very behind on. And that includes technology and the infrastructure of technology and the role within communications, how we perpetuate some of the harms that we think in theory technology alleviates for everybody, when in fact everybody is not included in that. You know, 15% of the world is living with a disability, so many of those that are um, invisible. So when we're thinking about accessibility, screen readers, alternative text, um, voice activations. I mean, you name it. There's there's so much potential that technology can provide us. And then it's still that double-edged sword because it excludes all the people who aren't digitally literate. And so how are we catering to, like you said, intergenerationally when we're learning and absorbing and consuming on the same platforms? Um, it's just something that we absolutely are called to have heightened awareness about and and take more action there. And then Carrie, to your note about social justice, I think about how when we when we talk about the the values and our principles of justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, that 
first and foremost, we talk about people and the people that that includes. But those people then come with their experiences lived and acquired and uh, the issues that they all face. And, and you talk about race, gender, disability, socioeconomic status, gender, sexuality, whatever have you. These are intersections of social justice that inherently will be a part of communications and the stories that we tell and the narratives that are then shared and then the messages that are conveyed from that. And so is there communications, is there equitable communications without social justice? I would argue not. I think about my role, let's say I'm, you know, I'm a South Asian, brown, cis woman. I also think about the issues that are inextricably tied to Islamophobia and to the the issues that perhaps my community faces. And so I can't talk about me in the realm of diversity inclusion without naming the issues that I also face as an individual and then part of certain communities. And so social justice is is just becoming, I think for 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 good. I mean, certainly we're behind on it in so many ways collectively as a as a society, but it's it's just a part of our daily work. Yeah. And you know what this brings up is how many times I've heard people say, I just don't know what to say. So I'm not going to say anything at all. I don't even know where to start. I don't have the words to do this. And I'm I'm afraid that whatever I'm going to say is going to be wrong. Start where you are, right? Wherever you are. And we will figure it out together because everyone is trying to figure out the uh, whether we say that the the best way, the most inclusive way. It's not written down in a you know do this this and then this. Right. It's it's thinking first about making sure that we are mindful of perhaps the biases that each one of us brings, given the experiences that we've had making sure that we are communicating in a way that is most accessible across our wide audiences or community, whatever that might be. And that the reality is that every organization's uh, audience is more diverse today than it was five years ago. And so any communications tools that an organization was using five years ago are not going to be the same ones that work today. I think we live, we, we find fear to be so, so, um, consuming of us that it and it, it disables our ability to act so many times but i would echo what you said that you have to do something beyond just be inspired it's it's one thing to be inspired and then it's another thing to act on it and and perhaps fear is what stands in the way of that um but silence is complicit in so many ways the other one I wanted to raise is the importance of clear and explicit language. And I see this showing up a lot. And often I think when we see broad organizations using broad, unclear language, often it's because they feel they don't have the words to say what they're trying to say. And so we see instead uh, an overview of an organization when you really don't know what they're doing, you don't really know where your funding is going. And yet, if we are to be more explicit and clear in who we are addressing, who we are talking about, what we are talking about, how that also helps to fill our gaps as readers or 
uh, on the on the receiving end, consumers of media, right? We need to know detail and explicit explicitly as much as we can. But I find that that's very hard for individuals to get to a level of clarity and explicit nature in their communications. It's interesting that you say this because one of the panelists that I was listening to yesterday actually talked about how even within movements of solidarity that are happening, of course, following um, summer of 2020 and the murder of George Floyd, but ever since then, the, the different kinds of communities that are uniting, in spite of the solidarity that we collectively have to have in combating or um, work resisting against certain systems, the need for specificity is so, so important. Because nuance, specificity, and naming just the individual, perhaps be it problems, stories, traumas, whatever, is so, so critical because what can happen in movements of solidarity even is this homogeneous washing of it all as somehow everybody's experiencing something when in fact, perhaps the systems at play um, between the Black Lives Matter movement, Stop Asian Hate movement, um, the need to protect indigenous cultures, perhaps the systems at play may be absolutely in parallel. The issues and the stories and the complexities between each of these communities and even within the sub-communities of each of these communities is so, so critical. And so something I think about even from a standpoint of communications is ensuring that when we're talking about um, movements and mobilizing that we don't lose the need and the the absolute importance of nuance and ensuring that nuance is not lost in spite of solidarity. I want to share one last thing with you. I was on a call this morning and someone said something that stuck with me so deeply. She said, our actions scream over our words. And it was a really good reminder that while we are talking about communications and by default, folks might think we're coming into a season talking about storytelling and the words we use and the words we don't use. And at the end of the day, those are just words. And what we need to make sure is that the words we're using are not throwaway words, but that we so deeply make sure that the actions we take in a good way scream over our words, right? That everything we do, everything we stand for plays out in the decisions we make, in the actions we take, and in the words that we use. And so we have to think about all of those things. And uh, anyway, that's that's sitting really deeply with me on how important that is to think about the full picture of how we communicate. And if I could just piggyback off of that, something another panelist said um, that Sadly, I can't take credit for it. I wish I could because it was just so brilliant. And this panelist at the conference said that the message will always precede the action. And there's danger in that. And, and so, whereas, yes, the actions scream louder than the words, it's so important to remember that people are going to first hear a message before they ever take an action. And as communicators, when our job in, in so many ways, it's arguable is for that first step in getting that message across. Are we holding the accountability or who holds the accountability to ensure the action is then followed through upon? Oh my gosh, Nimra, there is so much good conversation ahead and it is clear we are just getting started. 
So join us back here for the next episode of Mission Forward, in which we will sit down with Ashton Lattimore, editor-in-chief of PRISM, an independent nonprofit news outlet led by journalists of color who together are challenging the way we get our news and the perspective in which it's told. Mission Forward is produced with the support of Nimr Haroon and the Mission Partners team in association with True Story FM. Engineering by the awesome Pete Wright. Music this week is by Simo and Josh Leake. If your podcast app allows rating and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Mission Forward is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you next time on Mission Forward. Mission Forward.